for the month of July, Dr. Devotion is being sponsored by Legionnaire Ministries. Mm, the people that put out Legion Duncan, R.C. Sproul. Who else they put out? Joe Thorne. Joe Thorne. In oh, Table Talk Magazine. In Table Talk Magazine. <laughs> and so uh, they're offering listeners to Dr. Devotion can get 15 months of Table Talk Magazine for the price of 12 months. Find out more later in the show. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice, and today, church health, from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Gene Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. What's going on, man? You know, uh, I'm relaxing. Really? It's a nice day. It is nice. It's, it is we've a had nice some day. really nice I'm going to go barbecue. I'm going to be happy. Yeah. yeah I got to go dig up bushes. It's Wait, awesome. Why? Because Jen wants me to dig up bushes in the front yard. So really? She can lay down mulch or something. Or I don't know what it is. Hey, were you doing yard work yesterday or all this week? Like, for Stop real. Stop it. No. You already did this. What are you talking about? You don't about? Have to keep talking about it. What? I'm asking. I got a little bit of sun. Okay, can we move on? <laughs> Yeah. I wasn't like, oh, really? That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I was gonna say no. When you got a pimple, you're sweating so much. Yeah. Because it was yeah, a, so it was pretty hot. That was the same thing. Okay. No, it was about the pimple, not yeah. necessarily that it's yeah. got too yeah. much sun. Not, not, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, for real. Uh-huh. That thing's no. Quit irritating it. No, don't I'm not. Touch it. Just, yes, I mean, no, every time you talk about it, it makes me no, touch stop. it. Stop. Don't touch it. That's gross. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so red. I can't do anything about it. I can't put makeup on. Why don't you can powder it? No. Why? No. Why? Yeah. Guys that wear makeup. It's a little weird. Why is it weird? Uh, if you're, listen, if you're covering that up, yeah. Are you, you listen? I'm not that vain, dude. Oh, I don't care. So I'm, wait, wait, I'm, wait. Not, I'm not that vain. So you're talking mm-hmm. about tomorrow morning. Yeah. When you go up to preach, right. You're going to, you're going to allow that to shine. Yep. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. <laughs> yeah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't care. No, but Joe, it is a distraction. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You know what it is? I can't stop It'll help people it. like go like identify like, you know what? I thought Joe was like just perfect and awesome and handsome. The and only like, people but like now, I, but now I see he's got a pimple. He's like everybody no, else. He regular. O- That's only, what I'm saying. He only, regular. No, no. Preteens are going to identify with you. Good. That's it. Finally. Yeah. Finally. finally. <laughs> well, they identify, you know, size wise. Now they're going to be like, yeah. oh, look, pimple. Like, yeah. He's, he's only as mature as we are. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Joe. Yeah. No, for real though. You get powder. I'm not going to powder. You got to do something. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. What's <laughs> You're depressing me. And it's been a, it's been a depressing week, dude. Like, oh, how, you, why is it no, depressing? You, like, listen, we had another, uh, a friend of ours, a uh, well-known pastor. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like this has been a crazy couple of years mm-hmm. where, um, you know, pastors are caught in and or are confessing to having affairs. Yeah. And they're, I mean, it's, and it's, it's from every stripe. Um, it, some of them are well known and, and the situation becomes known. Others are well known and the situations don't become well known. They just kind of disappear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Others, um, and then, of course, it happens with people that aren't as well known. And while I think it's fair to say most pastors, uh, you know, are good and faithful men, uh, it really, it really is troubling to see the the number of people, even friends of ours, who have you know made bad decisions and got caught up in sin. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, man, it's been it's been a rough it's been a rough week, and I'm so, getting, I'm getting to that point where, like, I I, I go from. Like, you know, sadness to frustration to fear, like, wow, if that could happen to these guys, it could happen to yeah. me, which is, of course, a reality. 
Um, but it goes back to anger. It's like, and it's not that I'm mad at, at, at an individual as much as I'm just, it just, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. The, the failure and the, the, the pain, uh, that it brings about. So, well, I'm really sorry, Joe, yeah. that I didn't realize that was a stress zit. And I was just big, you know, a what a stress zit. You're, oh, maybe that is what it is. That might be what it is. Okay. See, so now, now I, now I, now I feel bad. Okay. Now, now I actually mm-hmm. feel bad. All right. Thanks I didn't for bringing it all the way back around too. That was good. <laughs> Hey, can we talk about can we talk about something else? Because yes, uh, let's talk about something else. Mm, yeah. <laughs> how, to, how to powder your nose? How to wash your face after a long day in the sun? Hey, you know what? Um, any 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 advice that uh, that you ladies have in particular? Because you know about skincare more than dudes. Um, mm. But if you but especially you know, if you're you know fifteen, sixteen, yeah, seventeen, because you you're dealing pimple, with that. pimple protection helps. Like any hashtag Doc and Devo. Let us know. Let how, Joe know how can Joe. <laughs> Uh, get rid of his pimple Dude. or hide it or not get him anymore. The best part though is I think this happens like once a year. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, ever since, since I've known you yeah. once a year. Yeah. It's uh, not it, regular. At least it, you know, it's periodic. Yeah. I, I can't remember ever being more than that. Yeah. So it's just, mm. Hey guys, get ready next June, July. We're going right back to this joke yeah. again. That's why we never have <laughs> conferences in June or July. That's, That's why, why we don't do it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, is is gonna be gone by when we go to Legacy? No, no, I'll be in there. But we're not, we're, we're like breakout session. It don't matter. Well, yeah, just well, yeah, like just like you had a breakout. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, I'm done. That was the last one. I'm done. <laughs> you guys see how mean he is? Like seriously, like I'm the nice oh, one. Man, everybody know. Listen, I've knows. had a stressful week. I've had a long week, but uh, yeah. so this actually feels good yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Continue, please. Mm-hmm. So, so, Joe, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about, <laughs> not in general, we wanted to talk about why people leave the church, but we're gonna, we really want to zero in on an article uh, that came out uh, written by Bob Smitana. I, I can't pronounce it. Yeah, I can't name. pronounce it. Smitana, Smitana. Santana. We call him Bob Santana. All right, so no. Bob Santana. <laughs> um, and we found this on, on the exchange, right? Which yeah, Stetzer's is, uh, blog. Ed Stetzer's yep. blog. Um, and the article is new research churchgoers stick around for wait for it theology, theology. not music or preachers um, and so this is a, it's a really interesting article uh, research that was done by Lifeway and so we thought we would read some of this and then just talk about it because you know when we think about why do people leave church right and we have you know and a lot of us think like well Baptists are always splitting church splits and oh no no we're we're multiplying Joe so they they think about like you know well there's always this you know people are are ditching the church because they're mad at the preacher for all these reasons but the the, the this most recent research here is suggesting that a predominance of, of church members uh, particularly in Baptist churches stick around. Mm. They, they stick around, but they will leave, and they're not as likely to leave over music or style and things like that, but they yeah. are likely, likely to leave over a change in doctrine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, which kind of makes sense, I, I think part of it is uh, there are a number of, of I, I'm not, I don't want to say the word, it, it's not crazy it. churches, like, no. there, there, there are some churches that are off, yeah. right? And so I think it's important, especially for the younger generation, for a younger generation to uh, to know where am I going, right? right? Like what kind of church environment is this going to be for my kids and for myself? Or uh, like, is are they, you know, what's the theology like? What's the doctrine like? I mean, I know, uh, I, I know, I've said it multiple times, but when we were moving back here, we spent we spent months listening to sermons from Redeemer as well as reading their uh, all the information, their their statement, you know, online. Right. Uh, to say, okay, is this something that, cause we're, com- we want to, where we're going to go, we want to be committed to, right? Like we want to be part of the church body. Um, 
and you know the goal was not to just shop around but to find and stick right right so um in the article here um it says life we research surveyed 1010 protestant churchgoers those who attend services at least once a month to see how strongly they are tied to their local to their local congregations mm-hmm. and researchers found most churchgoers stay put bam 35% have been at their church between 10 and 24 years 27% have been there for 25 years or more wow. 21% have been there less than 5 years while 17% have been at the same church between five and nine years. Lutherans, 52%, Methodists, 40%, and Baptists, 31%, are most likely to have been at their church for 25 years or more. Fewer non-denominational, 11%, or Assemblies of God, Pentecostal churchgoers, 13%, have such long tenure. Quote, most church members have been at their church longer than their pastor, oh, said yeah. McConnell. More than half, 57% of churchgoers, say they are completely committed to continuing to attend their church. About a quarter are very much committed, while 11% are moderately committed. 2% are slightly committed, while 1% are not committed at all. The more people go to church, the more committed they are to attending the same church in the future. Those who attend at least once a week are twice as likely to be completely committed to attending attending their church, 62%. Then people who go uh, once or twice a month, 31%. Those who attend once or twice a month are more likely to be moderate committed than those who go at least once a week. So, and then again, he says, uh, churchgoers with evangelical beliefs are more likely to be completely committed, 67%, than those who don't have evangelical beliefs, 45%. Baptists, 60%, are more likely to be completely committed than Lutherans are at 47%. Mm. So There's a lot of information there. Right. So we're going to link to the article. We want you to read it. But um, the churchgoers, those regular churchgoers, are largely committed to their churches. Oh, yeah. Particularly when there is a clear... Um, understanding of what that church believes, what they're committed to. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, it says, uh, oh, like, l- listen to this. Why, you know, it, it's a change in those doctrines. It, it's it's, a, it's yeah. a switch or a move away from certain theological issues that have been established that might lo- move people to leave. It says, um, overall, 15% of churchgoers say they have not thought about going to another church in the past six months. 85% say they have not. Um, of those thinking about going to another church, about half have already visited another mm. church. So if people are thinking about leaving your church, they already got one foot out the door. Yeah, chances are they've they've already looked. In fact, we had uh, we had a couple one time, uh, you know, good people, members here at Redeemer, and uh, eh, you know they weren't around as much. And so mm-hmm. we asked, like, hey, we missed you, yeah. haven't seen you. And they're like, yeah, you know, we we've, we've been thinking about checking like going going somewhere else. Like, oh, really? Because they haven't talked to us about it or anything. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so is everything okay? Like, yeah, you know. So have you started visiting? Oh yeah, of course. Yes, we we have started to visit. Right. Yeah. So we let people go if they want to go. That's that's fine. But the bottom line here is if um, if people are thinking about leaving your church, uh, a lot of the time it's because of a difference in theology. Either the church has moved in its yeah. theological understanding, or the people have moved in their theological understanding. Oh yeah, and I mean I love that uh, that quote there about most church members have been at their church longer than their pastor. I mean I yeah. remember someone actually uh, in the midst of strife had said to the pastors like, "Listen, it was a lady." This older lady, I I was here before you got here, and I'll be here after you're gone. Yeah, yeah. Like this is my home, right? You know, I ain't going because of that, because of you. And especially when you look at your the average tenure of a pastor in the SBC, yeah. At those small churches, you're talking about like two years. Yeah, 
So there's a lot of turnover, and those people have a much deeper investment in that congregation than than the pastor who might be coming in. Exactly. So why do you think uh, the whole doctrine part, the whole theology part, why do we think that that's what is keeping people at the church, right? It feels like I'm wondering if that's because there's this sense of bait and switch, right? Like I came here under this this uh, assumption of uh, – of what the church believes in, what the church culture is like, who we are as a people, right. and then all of a sudden that got changed. I think the reason that uh, people are likely to leave when the doctrine of the church changes or if their theology changes is because we really do find a sense of – well, I'd say it's a couple things. One, there is a clear sense of identity, right? Yeah. Because we're dealing with who is God and what does God do and mm-hmm. who am I? Like those are theological issues. And so you start monkeying around with the nature and the character and the work of God or the nature of man and who I am and who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do. Like that's that's troubling at the very least. And so I, I get why people would move away from that. I think also uh, we do find a great deal of comfort and assurance in the clearly articulated truths of scripture. Yeah. And so when when the script when you know the church is saying here's what we know about God, here's here's what you need to believe, here's what is important for the Christian life, and then they they begin to change some of those doctrines. It's like, "Wait a minute, and I thought this was clear. I thought mm-hmm. I thought we were all on the same page." Uh, you know, that can be upsetting. Uh, it can be scary even. Like, you know, so if if the church is changing its view, then what is moving it to change its view? Is the church moving in a more biblical direction? Well, that can even that's going to be scary for people that have only oh, yeah. known one thing. Exactly. Or is the church moving in an unbiblical direction? And what are the motives behind it? Why are they making these changes? I mean, so when, when people leave churches, right, they the, they leave for a lot of different reasons. The, oh, yeah. The, now, that the, we have a list here, oh, yeah. um, a, a graphic that's up here that gives the top reasons why people yep. would consider changing their churches. Now, the biggest one is what we're talking uh, about. Yeah, ch- church changed its doctrine. That's 54%. So f- of the top number one reason people mm-hmm. leave the church is the church changed its doctrine. It's Correct. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's like- How do you change your doctrine? I mean, I get like, okay, so there's like the homosexual thing or yeah. the gay marriage thing. Or could be also view on inerrancy. Could Iner- have, could inerrancy. But I'm actually thinking probably more. It, it might even be stuff like, uh, uh, I mean, it could be the gifts could be part yeah. of that, right? Uh, could all, I would even say complementarianism, complementarianism, egalitarianism, and reformed and theology. Reformed, yeah. reformed a church yeah. that is not reformed that moves in a reformed direction. Yep. You're going to lose some people. Correct. And a church that was reformed and is starting to drift away. Same thing. Exactly. Uh, secondly, 48%. I moved residences. That's that legit. Yeah, yeah, that's legit. I moved away. And so the first one is legit too. I mean, like yeah. you might want, you might need to leave if the church changes its doctrine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so move residences. That's good. Yeah. That's Third okay. one, uh, preaching style changed. Oh, what? He he no longer sits on the stool. Oh, or maybe he sits on the stool. How can he get real with you without the stool? <laughs> I don't know. But what, what, what kind of what would the? How, I can't, I'm trying to think of what a preaching style change would be. I, I'm, I'm I'm using it's, like it's got to be it's got to be a new pastor. It's just, I mean, that's just what I'm thinking. I don't, I doubt that most guys change their style as much as when the new guy comes in, it's a different style. And they're like, you know what? It's not that the beliefs are different, but I just can't run. Well, no, because the next one is a, the pastor left. Now, they could be overlap. All right. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Well, I'm just wondering if part of it's, I, I can't think of how a pastor would change a style. I don't, I, see, I don't think a pastor, mo- I, don't, I don't know. Maybe they do. Yeah, I mean, I, Unless you're talking about someone more uh, angry. Cause I've seen that. I've seen where for a season, you know, a preacher being more, uh, that more was, confrontational that was one, for one month. Okay, well, get off my back. Two months, two months, Joe. <laughs> you were an angry little hobbit. I'm, I, I've always been angry. I've, I've one style. Just angry. angry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, never mind. I was going to say it. joke. Joke gets pretty earnest. <laughs> okay. Uh, a pastor left. Next, a family member wanted to change. Okay, so one person in the family isn't feeling it. Yeah, probably and most the, likely with just uh, the husband or wife. Yeah. I'm sure if it's a child, they're going to like, yeah, deal with it. Uh, political views different from mine. Really? Yeah. All right. Political yeah, I mean, views uh, well, I guess in 1%, mine. it's only 9%. So I got, I, I'm surprised it's not more than that, actually. Yeah. Because people get torqued over politics. Oh, yeah. Uh, next one is uh, I didn't feel needed. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. You're like, well, nobody ever asked me to really do anything. No, yeah. And, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed um, to be doing. Next, music style changed. Only 5%. Only 5%. 5% of those surveyed. That's 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 a small number, I feel like. Yeah. Relational conflict with someone else. Yeah. 4%. 4%. And then friends stopped attending. And so they're just going to follow their friends. That's it. On the way out. So, you know, but by far. Okay, so I moved. That's a no-brainer, okay? fifty, And that's 48%. So 54% of people have changed churches because the church changed its doctrines. Or, or at least one of the important I wonder how doctrines. they did this because that's 170%. Sorry. It's got to be overlap. <laughs> it's got to be overlap. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how do you, how'd you get 170%? Yeah. You add all those up. 54, 48, 19, 20, or sorry, not 19, uh, 19, 12, 10, 9, 6, 5, 4, 3. All that together, 170 yeah. So, yeah, they've got to have some overlap. Yeah. Somehow they did that. All right, sorry. It just was bothering me because I'm like, wait, 54 plus 48. Hey, Lifeway. <laughs> you fudging the numbers? I mean, it's not like Joe talking about, you know, uh, Ligonier what? where it's, it's a dollar a month or less yeah. than a dollar a yeah, month. But <laughs> less than, more than. It's a, it's the same. It's like, what are we talking about? 70 cents or something? Who cares? Come on. Y'all, they, they know what I mean. They know what I mean. But either way, the, the, the main point, though, is uh, the top reason, church changes doctrine. So it's not about the music. It's not about the preacher. It's, it's, it's th- those things that I think we try to control. Like, mm-hmm. we get afraid, uh, at least I've seen people afraid, right, right. of changing a music style because it's like, oh, Oh, you can't have the drums up there. Yeah. Oh, you can't have the guitar up there. And actually, he kind of talked about it, uh, uh, worship war. We're yeah. going to start the worship war, the great worship war of 2018. But I'm, it's not I'm, that. No, it, not, by and large, it's not. Now, again, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be transition, that some people aren't going to be frustrated. But I, I think on the one hand, we're afraid of the wrong things. Yeah. And uh, we think like this is going to blow up the church. It could, but it, statistically, it doesn't look like it's that likely. No. But then also... It's like we are afraid to emphasize the right things, like doctrine, mm. because we have we keep hearing this uh, this refrain, right, from the non-doctrinal, like doctrine divides and people don't want it. I can remember when I was in college, uh, we were talking about uh, youth ministry. I was in this pastoral development class and youth we're talking about youth ministry, and there was a student in there who was involved in youth ministry at the time, and he was saying. Uh, you know, this is all good, Dr. Perry, but I can't give this doctrine to the kids. They don't want to hear it. Like they, they don't have a stomach for it. They don't have an appetite for it. They can't understand it. And uh, and he, this professor asked, what do the rest of you think? And I, I said, well, I've been working with our youth and uh, all I give them is theology and reformed theology mm-hmm. at that. Now, not, not only in a sense that it's abstracted from experience and all that, but I'm teaching from a theological perspective. Um, we do confessional stuff, catechetical stuff, and they love it. Yeah. They embrace it. And then I was able to actually say, I took them to a youth event, and when the preacher started preaching some crazy stuff, uh, they all started to confer among themselves about this guy's wrong and this is why. Yeah. Like, So they absolutely can, and not only with the youth, because I think it was presented to them in a way they could understand, 
Doctrine didn't bore them. Doctrine excited them, and it gave them a better understanding of God and themselves. So by emphasizing theology appropriately, you can mm-hmm. do it wrong, but by emphasizing doctrine appropriately, we are giving our people – this is going to sound purely pragmatic – but we are giving our people a reason to stay. Yeah. Oh, so you're, oh, there, there's a reason to be here. I'm not just here to hear a preacher. There's substance. Yeah, like there's something real here. We're talking about the knowledge of God and the knowledge of man. And what's really exciting about this, though, Joe, I think this is something that we should be excited about um, and and pastors should be excited about is your people, people want to grow, right? Like people actually do care about theology. People actually do care about doctrine. And I think, you know, there's a a lot of ways we can grow. Yeah. and in fact, in, in this article, I know you're going there. There's the suggestions, even like churchgoers have suggested, hey, you could be doing this for me because yeah. I want to grow spiritually. But every church could benefit from one resource made available to everybody, really, mm. for just over like a dollar a month if you go through For us. just over a dollar a month? I didn't know we were charging at Doctrine and Devotion. No, it's not for us. We don't charge. I know, but everything's but, but, free. But every like, church needs us. Yeah, well, but we give it away for free. But they could also get Table Talk Magazine. Oh, thank you, Legionnaire Ministries. If, if they, because Legionnaire is sponsoring us for the whole month. Yeah. Um, and so, it, and they put out Table Talk Magazine. People can sign up for Table Talk Magazine. Why don't you tell people what Table Talk Magazine is? Yeah, I mean, Table Talk Magazine is uh, a monthly subscription. Uh, so you can actually have something delivered to your door or you can get it online or uh, uh, digitally. Yeah. Uh, and it's this this periodical. It's got different articles. Uh, it's got different devotions. Daily devotions. Daily devotions. Um and it's just this fantastic resource. Looks beautiful too. It's, it's oh, really well done. Really, really well done. And so I know Joe has written for it. Uh, there's been a lot of other great, great authors. But you can get 15 months of Table Talk magazine for twenty three dollars just by going to doctrinedevotion.com slash Table Talk. So that's 15 issues uh, delivered monthly to your door. Digital access to the current and past issues dating back to 2012, and an effective plan for reading through the Bible in one year. So much awesome in that. That's really doctrinedevotion.com slash Table Talk. Now I know you've been reading this for decades. Yeah, I, I, I think you mentioned years, that before. Yeah. Twenty oh yeah. twenty years. Wow, mm-hmm. goodness. That's two. That's two decades. Two decades. Yeah. Goodness, yeah, something like that. Um, okay, so. You were saying that um, you know that that people in in our churches, especially in our in our in our Protestant, uh, Orthodox, Reformed, Evangelical churches, they they really do want to grow, and yeah. and, and they're hungry for it. Um, how what what are they what are they saying in this survey that yeah. was done? What, what what were they coming up with? Well, twenty seven percent want the want their church to help them understand more about God and the Bible. Oh, that's that's theology. That's right theology there. <laughs> right there. People want to know more, right? They, and I think that's – I wonder if part of it is uh, as pastors, uh, and I know it sounds the, the wrong way of saying it, but because we're in the study of it so much, we kind of get not bored, but it, we have information overload quite often. Sure. And so I think we project that um, other people aren't going to care about this. Right. Right? And we also, I think I, I've, I've found myself doing this where I will have read something a million times and I will think, our people already know this. I don't need to cover this, Yeah, which is wrong because even if they do know it, even if I know it, it needs to be covered again. Correct. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why we might not hit doctrine, even inside mm-hmm. uh, healthy churches. Um, I think a lot of people like feel like, oh, well, my people don't want to understand God in the Bible as much as they want to know. And I hear this from like pastors a lot, right? Um, listen, my people don't care about divine impassibility or divine simplicity. What they care about is how can I make my marriage better? Yeah. Okay. And it's like, well, the two are not mutually exclusive. Correct. And, um, 
believe it or not, uh, the church's primary responsibility is to help you understand God and understand yourself. And in doing so, you are better prepared to address the issues of your marriage because the scripture actually does speak to those issues as they are connected to God. That's right. So the top thing, top suggestion, help them understand more about God in the Bible. Number two, 20% want their church to help them find new ways to serve. No. That's okay. So twenty percent. Those yeah. the, now listen. That twenty, they're going to do all the work. So you got to get those twenty. <laughs> you better get those twenty. Because the other eighty, they ain't doing. They're nothing. not doing anything. So, but I like that though. Twenty percent want their church to help them find new ways to mm-hmm. serve. And so I think there's there's they're this willingness. They're underutilized. I think that's really good. And, and I wonder if the new ways to serve, <clears throat> and and I, maybe that's different from like there's the normal ways we think of. We think of. Uh, ushering or coffee or Sunday school. Sunday school, but are there other opportunities for them uh, to serve, whether on a Sunday or throughout the week? And I think that's what people are looking for. They're looking, mm. they care, and they they're invested. They love the church, yeah. they love the people, and they want to serve their God there. And so I think that's that's really encouraging when I when I read something like that. Nineteen percent want their church to provide more Bible study groups, yeah. so people want to get in the Word. So they not only not only do they want to get in the word because they want you to help them with number one to understand more about God in the Bible, but number three here, they want to be in community, learning with their peers. Right now, you might read that and go nineteen percent. So if I got a hundred people, only nineteen are going to care. Well, first of all, this doesn't say that only nineteen are going to care, um, but nineteen percent are saying, "Hey, we would like you to provide more Bible study groups." And think about this: if you don't have small groups where you're actually getting into the Word and praying mm-hmm. together and investing in, in each other's lives, and you want to start that, you could start with twenty people. Yeah, that's significant. That's really good. That's you. You got you got basically like right around four groups you could start with, essentially like three or yep. four groups. So um, that that's significant to launch. That that's a core team that you can get together. And say, hey, listen, we're gonna we're gonna get into community together. We're gonna study the word together. We're gonna love each other, and we are going to be the people that God uses to establish a new normal uh, in the rhythm of yep. our church life. That's exciting. You sh- you could be pumped about that. Sixteen percent want their church to help them get to know more people in the church. They yeah. want to be in community. It's harder the bigger the church. Yeah, exactly. But you need systems and processes regardless yep. of the size. It's oh, just yeah. too Especially easy. when you have yeah, multi-services, stuff like mm-hmm. that. People don't people don't know. Uh, 14% say their church could provide forums to answer their spiritual questions. I think that's really good. That's a really good idea. And that can happen, you know, post service yep. on a Sunday. It can be a Sunday night. It could be mm-hmm. online. Like there's a lot of, lot, lot of opportunities here. But man, if 14% people, percent of the people are saying, hey, I've got questions and I'd like to have some follow up, we need, and that's something that we should be doing better. Yeah. Like we, we should be providing uh, some forums where people can, uh, you know, we have this have happening informally in a lot of ways. And we think it happens in our small groups because we discuss the sermons typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we could do better here. Uh, 13% want their church to give them more chances to serve. Okay. So I think we kind of new chances, new chances, more chances. more chances. 13% want the church to provide worship experiences that fit their needs. I don't know what that means. I don't means. know what that means. Yeah. Like more artistic. Uh, maybe, maybe cup holders. <laughs> yeah, so, so, something like that. What are they talking about? I don't, I don't that know. That doesn't make any sense. I don't 13% know. want their church to provide worship experiences that fit their, so it must fit their felt needs in work. So I don't know, man, I feel like you're supposed to give what you're supposed to give. And that addresses the real needs. I'm not sure what that means. 9% want their church to provide more interaction with the pastor. How do they talk about fitting their needs? <laughs> with a, I don't, that doesn't make any sense. You're still really up on that, huh? They would provide worship experiences. 
that fit, fit their, their needs. needs. Okay, so what are my needs? Like, so, like, what would you, what would the need be? Um, the word. Okay, but that, yeah, you're, you're supposed to give that. No, the, worship. They, they, they gotta be talking about that. You think that you think you're talking about like like specials? It's got to be something. It's got to be something that we're not doing, like not us, but like that they're not. What are they? Their need, their needs. What am I like? I don't know. Maybe that's like that's. Well, remember, hey, there was some Pentecostals that were part of this survey. Ah, so there we should. go. Okay, got it. Thank you, Jimmy. That, <laughs> that, that, that everything that is like, coming to focus. That, that looks like an got assemblies it. of God. Okay, question. you AOGs <laughs> out there. I know what you. Okay, I, I got it now. All right, well, good. Well, good. Well, the church will provide more interaction with the pastor. Okay, good. Uh, and then here, eight percent wants their church to provide them with a mentor. That's so there's th- there's growth. There's growth that people want. Even as we joke about like the uh, worship experience, there's still growth here that people are desiring, longing. Yeah, a yeah, longing yeah. for something more. Now, if you add up all of these percentages, it adds up to three hundred and eighty-seven percent, Jimmy. Uh, just I know you did it the first time, so I mean, I did that in my head real quick. Wait, but I'm pretty what? sure that's it. Yeah. No, it's not. So. Yeah, 27, 20, 19, 16, 14, 13, 13, 19. I think it's like 357 or something like that. So anyway, it doesn't matter. You don't have to check it. It's fine. It's right. Um, it, so one of the things that uh, McConnell says here is, even though most churchgoers are staying... 139. <laughs> even though most churchgoers are staying put and are relatively happy, there's some reason for concern. At any given church, about 15% of the congregation is thinking about leaving... And if they go, the church could suffer. The average church in the United States has less than 100 attenders, mm. McConnell said. Losing 10 or 15 people could make a huge impact. Now, we know that that's true because, you know, we, we plant small churches yeah. that slowly grow. So we've got, you know, 270 whatever now. But um, so, you know, you lose 10 or 15 people. We could feel that. But when we were at 70. Oh, you really felt it. You really, really feel that. But that's at any given church, about 15% of the congregation is thinking about leaving. Yeah. It's, wow. you know, it's crossing their minds for, for various you know issues, maybe good, uh, maybe bad. Um, now, although let's let's keep in mind the average church in the U.S. has less than a hundred attenders, but the average Christian is in a large church. Mm. Most Christians are not in those average sized churches. Yeah. Mo- the vast majority of Christians are in larger churches. A lot, a much fewer number of believers are in all of those other congregations. So there's still a great imbalance. Now, I would rather see those those smaller congregations healthier and more attended. Yeah, uh, I don't think they need to be huge, but I think the I would I, I prefer smaller congregations for pastoral care and community yeah. than I do the larger congregations. Um, now, Bob uh, Santana. <laughs> he is a senior writer for Facts and Trends at Lifeway Research, and this article I think is good. It's helpful because, you know, we everybody is concerned about um, the health of their local church. They want people to be unified, and we want people to be not just unified ideologically, but all in with their lives, not just with their thoughts, but with their hearts. And you know, we really want to have a sense that we're in this for the long haul because you know this is not a gym that we're here until a better one opens up. Yeah, this is supposed to be family, and right. uh, this is supposed to be you know the the mission that God has given His people, and we're a part of that, and so we're we're fully invested. And it, so, if that's the case, then we we should be concerned about well, how are people coming in? Um, what are their thoughts about staying or leaving? And what should we be doing to encourage? A, a healthy approach to I like that like, I like stickiness that. right like to, to buy it yeah sticky groups yeah, yeah no that, that doesn't sound no right. that's a book that's a book yeah. sticky groups uh, so I, I think sticky like, church we, is it? we want it, sticky notes no no there's a there's a, there's a book sticky, sticky vision sticky you know, buns I think they do sticky everything yeah I don't know yeah um, 
I think that uh, you know what we, what we hear. What, okay, so what we would say in, in, at our church is, is what we're going to emphasize um, based on the the scripture itself is we're going to emphasize uh, a, a confessional identity or, or, or mm. good theology, clear biblical theology. Um, we want to emphasize the, uh, a, an experience, uh, a biblical experience or experiential theology. But that those things are supposed to be forming mm. true community with each I other. I like that, yes. And that community then is one that serves and disciples and is helping. So all of this is really good. And wh- so the takeaway from this is, at least in part, like one the big takeaway, at least from the article, is, hey, people are sticking around for theology. And when you monkey with that, they're likely to – they're much more likely to leave yeah. than stay. So of all the things we're, we're concerned about – and we should be concerned about a lot of these things, a lot of these issues, yeah. uh, how we can do better at making disciples and promoting you know, a, a robust uh, community of faith that really knows and serves one another. Theology is at the top. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. Actually, you can also let us know, what are you reading this week? You oh, know? yeah. We'd love to let, well, I, you know what I'm going to read? Are you going to read the same thing, Joe? Are we reading it together? You already read it? Oh, I didn't read it yet. Did you read it already? No, no, but I just I just started going through it. Um, Crossway gave us these uh, the preacher's catechism. Yep, by Lewis Allen, forward by Sinclair Ferguson. So we're gonna oh, this, read this this week. This thing is amazing, um, and so it, it's it's a series of you know questions and answers. It's a, it's a catechism that's been put together um, and then expounded upon. But uh, but really, this is is for those in ministry. Uh, so you go right to the beginning. Chapter one, preaching above all. Question, what is God's chief end in preaching? Answer, mm. God's chief end in preaching is to glorify his name. And then you have scripture, and then you have uh, an, an exposition of this very idea. Or chapter two, Jimmy, how do we enjoy God? We enjoy God as we submit our hearts to all that he tells us. And then again, we have scripture and an exposition. You know what's nice? These are nice. Oh, man, these are nice short chapters. Yeah, short chapters, but it's a it's a good-sized book, hardcover, Lewis Allen, The Preacher's Catechism. We'll link to that in the show notes. Check it out. And, um, it almost could be like a devotional. Oh, no, it absolutely is. Yeah, it's very much uh, very much. A so devotional. So I'm going to feel bad reading it through in a week. Why? Because it's not a de- You can't read every book as a devotional for devotional. Some books you can't. So either make this your devotional for the next however long it's going to be, however many chapters there are, or read it, and then you can go back to it later. But like I'm doing my own devotional thing right now, so I can't be using this as my devotional. All right, all right. It'll still be devotional. It just won't be a long, just a just a uh, a one week devotional. Yeah, Yeah. one week devotional. (laughs) How many how many chapters are there in this thing? Thirty something. No, it's forty three. Forty three. Yeah, forty three. Yeah, so forty three weeks. That's like almost a year. It's fifty two weeks in a year, right? So forty three is almost a year. If you did one chapter a week, that's that's too long. I like to go quicker than that. I was about to call you out for yeah. your math being wrong. But you were, but you but realized that you were wrong. the dummy. Yeah. I realized mm. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Got a brain in this zip. So yeah, mm-hmm. let us know. <laughs> let us know what you're reading. You can, uh, head on to the website, drrocha.com. There you can contact us. You can set up for the email blast or hit up the store, joefostore.com and grab some gear. You know what they should do, though? What's that? Before they do anything else. Yep. Table Talk Magazine. DoctrineAndDevotion.com slash Table Talk. Sign up for that. It's, it's Can we talk really about D&D list. 19 yet? For all these suckers that left? No, wait. Well, we need to do it soon. Okay. Well, we, we can tell them the date. Uh, we got the date. We do, do we have the date set? Yeah, they said it. They, both right, both venues are open. What's the date? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> what's wrong with you? What's I don't what, what I know. That's a <laughs> May 3rd and 4th or something. Oh, don't say that. I don't know what it is. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're going to bring it up. I'm so, listen. We've got speaker 
You're going to love it. We've yeah. got topic. You're going to yeah. love it. And we've got venue. Yes. And we got something else lined up. We have to finalize. What's that? If uh, breakouts. Oh yeah, breakouts. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you've you've already done the breakout, but uh, yeah, on my face, on your face, we're looking for <laughs> other breakouts. <laughs> yes, May third and fourth. So mark your calendars. May third and fourth will be the next Doctor Devotion conference. So oh, hashtag be awesome, dude. Was I'm it so... Hockett? Uh, Hockett? Hockett and Pocket. Hashtag Docket Devo nineteen. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited. I can't wait. We're going to share more. We'll get the page up. Yes. We'll get it all rolling soon. Yes. Well, we have to wait, though. Brian has a very, he's got a plan for revealing. Oh. So actually, I might get in trouble for even saying what I said now. Oh, well. well. Yeah. No, but we have to do it the way he wants. No, we don't. Yes, we do. He has to do it the way we want. No. That's how it works. No. He's yeah. got a great idea. Mm, oh, I'm sure it's great. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday, blog post I'll, on I'll Wednesdays. Let him know if I'll let him do it. Video content when available. <laughs> this is my podcast. Later. <laughs>